Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Disgraced former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried has been arrested and charged for allegedly stealing his customers' money. This company was sort of uniquely positioned to fail. FTX's current CEO tells Congress everything he knows four weeks into the job. And there is some hope American customers could get their money back. U.S. inflation slowing down for the fifth month in a row. But it's still high. We talked to a billionaire businessman to see how he's doing. And U.S. officials hailing a major breakthrough in energy research. It could one day power the economy and end dependence on fossil fuels. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. The Securities and Exchange Commission has charged FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried for cheating his customers out of their money. And the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, which is like a sister agency to the SEC, has sued Sam Bankman-Fried. The agency has accused him of committing fraud, and this is happening all after he was arrested in the Bahamas by the Bahamas Royal Police Force. They're planning to extradite him to the U.S., These are just the latest events in the stunning fall of crypto superstar Sam Bankman-Fried, commonly known as SBF. SBF and his crypto exchange FTX were once worth tens of billions of dollars. Now, after an alleged series of illegal activities, both are worth next to nothing. Congress held a hearing today to find out what happened. The House Committee on Financial Services was planning on having SBF testify in person, but he couldn't make it because he was arrested. We did finally get to hear from John Ray III, who is currently FTX's acting CEO. He specializes in savaging failed corporations like Enron. Ray testified that SBF took billions of dollars from his customers and used those billions to fund risky investments in his hedge fund, Alameda Research. First, customer assets at FTX.com were commingled with assets from the Alameda trading platform. That much is clear. Second. Alameda used client funds to engage in margin trading, which exposed customer funds to massive losses. Third, the FTX group went on a spending binge in 2021-2022, during which $5 billion was spent on a myriad of businesses and investments, many of which may only be worth a fraction of what was paid for them. Fourth, loans and other payments were made to insiders in excess of $1.5 billion. Ray says his top priority is to get FTX customers' money back. But the vast, vast, vast majority of that money may never be recovered. So far, Ray has managed to get back $1 billion out of an estimated $7 billion. In an earlier statement, Ray said he has never seen such a complete failure of corporate controls in his career. Neither has has he seen, quote, such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here. Ray has overseen numerous failing companies like clothing company Fruit of the Loom, mortgage lender Residential Capital, and telecommunications firm Nortel, and of course Enron. He says that while those firms had their problems, FTX is a little different. And it's unusual in the sense that literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever. It's the absence of record keeping. Employees would communicate, you know, invoicing and expenses on on Slack, which is, you know, essentially a, a you know, a way of communicating for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks, the multi-billion dollar company using QuickBooks. QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Uh, 
Nothing against QuickBooks, very nice tool, just not for a multi-billion dollar company. Ray says the company was, quote, uniquely positioned to fail. There were literally no systems or controls whatsoever. FTX was at near zero in terms of corporate infrastructure. And there was a common theme throughout the hearing. The Congress members frequently suggested that Bankman Freed was a criminal, that he knowingly stole his customers' money. That is in contrast to SBF's public statements. Congresswoman Ann Wagner asked Ray what he thought. Mr. Ray, Mr. Bankman Freed has apologized. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll subquote here for mistakes he has made. Based on your review, is there a way to know if the transfer of FTX customer funds to Alameda Research was done by mistake? I, I don't find any such statements to be credible. So for American FTX customers, is there any hope to get their money back? In SBF's pre prepared testimony, he said that FTX US could pay off all of its US customers in full at any time. FTX US is only a very small portion of the full company, which operates internationally. Ray says that that might be true, though he doesn't know where the money is. Ray hasn't found all of FTX's crypto wallets yet because the company is so disorganized. He hopes that as he finds and opens more wallets, he may find those assets. And moving on, crypto company Binance has temporarily paused withdrawals of the USDC stablecoin. The move comes after a spike in customer withdrawals. NTD Shar Marshall has the details. Binance, the world's biggest crypto exchange, saw withdrawals of 1.9 billion in the last 24 hours. Blockchain data firm Nansen said on Tuesday, causing the platform to temporarily pause withdrawals of the USDC stablecoin. Asked crypto expert Ryan Hansen if there's any concern for funds held by Binance. Certainly with FTX happening, uh, that uh, people don't want to have their funds at risk, uh, either for a short period of time or potentially into some kind of bankruptcy, which could last for a long time. So uh, people are uh, apt to withdraw their funds, have them not at risk on an exchange platform uh, due to that, which is totally understandable. Binance's withdrawals are increasing due to growing uncertainty about its reserve report, a Nansen spokesperson said. I asked Hansen if there's any reason for panic. I think there's definitely concern. I'm not sure that there's panic yet. We don't see panic in kind of the price. Uh, if you look at Bitcoin, um, you know, price is somewhat stable, albeit at the lower end of ranges, but um, it doesn't look like people are panicking, but very much concerns. Hansen mentioned another reason why people might be nervous about their Binance accounts. Uh, with Binance, there's been kind of the multi-year investigation and kind of recent rumblings that the Department of Justice may be looking to decide on an action. Um, and with the uh, report they had with the proof of reserves, there being a small discrepancy on uh, not quite one-to-one -one, uh, backing, I think that uh, drove some of this. Uh, there. So definitely concern. I, I wouldn't characterize that as panic just yet, but that could change. The exchange is already under pressure from authorities. According to Reuters, a split between prosecutors at the U.S. Department of Justice is delaying the conclusion of a long-running criminal investigation of Binance. The probe's focus is the firm's compliance with U.S. anti-money laundering laws and sanctions. 
Sean Marshall, NTD News. Twitter is disbanding its Trust and Safety Council, according to an email. This comes after new owner Elon Musk criticized the council for a lack of action to remove child sexual abuse material from Twitter. The council was set up in 2016 to address problems like hate speech, child exploitation, and other issues on the platform. The letter yesterday said Twitter feels the council is no longer the answer. It needs a better way to address these issues. Last week, three members of the council resigned in protest over allegations that hate speech has increased on the platform. Twitter, though, says hate speech is actually going down. Musk responded to the resignations, saying it's a crime that they refused to take action on child exploitation for years. Musk says almost no one was working on child safety earlier this year, but he made it a top priority immediately. And on Wall Street, FTX-related stock Silvergate Capital fell 12% today, hitting a 52-week low. It seems testimony from FTX's new CEO is weighing on companies tied to FTX. Meanwhile, the main indexes closed higher on a cooler inflation report. More on that in just a minute. The Dow rose 104 points or three-tenths of a percent. S&P gained 29 points or seven-tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq added 113 points or one percent. The new consumer price index is out today. Inflation rose 0.1 percent month over month in November. That's a drop from October when the month-over-month increase was 0.4%. And year-over-year inflation was up 7.1% in November. This is down from 7.7% in October. Here's the president today on the CPI report earlier. We learned last month's inflation rate came down, down more than experts expected. In a world where inflation is rising at double digits in many major economies around the world, inflation is coming down in America. In fact, this new report is the fifth month in a row where annual inflation has fallen in the United States. And the so-called core inflation, which excludes food and energy costs, is at 6% year-over-year. Month-over-month, it's at 0.2%. Though grocery prices remained a trouble spot last month, it rose 0.5% from October to November and 12% compared to a year ago. But gas prices are coming down from their summer peak, down 2% month-over-month. And on the CPI report, earlier I spoke to John Katsimatidis. He's the CEO and chairman of Red Apple Group, Inc., owner of two of the largest supermarket chains in New York City, and CEO and chairman of United Refining Company. Thanks for coming on, John. So inflation increased at the slowest pace in nearly a year. Does this give you optimism? Well, I I think uh, oil has come down to $71, $72 a barrel. And now is the beginning of inflation. That's what caused everything. When uh, the fossil fuels in North America became the enemy of Washington. And the first day President Biden was uh, was president, he shut down that Keystone pipeline. Uh, At that point... uh, it, oil went from $55, it reached a high of $125. And then it backed down, to, it was at 115 for a while. Uh, the fact is that uh, fertilizer, diesel fuel, uh, a lot of products, uh, the, the price of oil going up significantly to that point, uh, it ended up raising the... Uh, the price of uh, heating oil, the price of diesel fuel, and then the, and the price of food. And now 
it's uh, the price of crude oil is retreating. So when I was on uh, television this morning, uh, I uh, I looked in the television camera and said to Jay Powell that the price of crude oil is retreating. That was the cause of inflation. So you should uh, 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 pause any more raises in interest rates, because if we keep raising interest rates, it's going to cause other problems in other parts of our industry, uh, specifically uh, our construction industry, our real estate industry, our home, uh, uh, our, our home uh, construction business. How has the Fed's rate hikes hurt your business? Well, the Fed increases in interest rates are, are, are hurting the real estate portion of our business significantly. Uh, we, 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 the last construction loan we closed, uh, we were paying three, three and a half percent interest rate. Uh, we're, we're about to close another construction loan uh, for a significant piece, like a few hundred million dollars. And uh, the, the number that uh, the banks are looking for is closer to eight percent. Now, maybe I could afford it, but I don't think anybody else in the uh, real estate industry, not many people could afford it. So, John, are you optimistic that inflation is slowing down a bit, at least? It's optimism, it's optimism that uh, things will get better. Not only, but if the Fed continues to raise the interest rates, they can be the cause of a recession. What do you think needs to be done to get to the Fed's 2% target? I think with, rate, with the oil, crude oil coming down to the low 70s, 71, 72, if they open up North America uh, to uh, more crude oil, uh, and we have the capacity, we can produce another four to five million barrels a day in North America, then the price of crude oil come down to 55, inflation will go away completely. Thank you very much, John Katsimadidis. Pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you so much. United Airlines is giving Boeing a big boost. The carrier said today it's ordering 100 Boeing 787 Dreamliners and 137 Maxes. The order is worth about $43 billion at list prices. The sale is a major lift for Boeing. In August, Boeing resumed 787 deliveries following a suspension due to production problems. The company has also been under scrutiny following two fatal 737 Max crashes. United's big bet on the 787 reflects expectations for continued rising demand for long-haul travel. United hired 15,000 employees during this year, including 2,400 pilots. The carrier is on track to hiring 15,000 more in 2023, including another 2,500 pilots. And for the first time ever, U.S. scientists have produced a nuclear fusion reaction, resulting in a so-called net energy gain. It's a major milestone in a decades-long attempt to source clean, limitless energy from nuclear fusion. It could potentially one day power our homes and help end dependence on fossil fuels. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more on the breakthrough. U.S. science and energy leaders are excited about a major breakthrough in nuclear fusion research, a net energy gain. The U.S. Department of Energy announced the news Tuesday. It's the first time it has ever been done in a laboratory, anywhere in the world. Simply put, this is one of the most impressive scientific feats of the 21st century. 
Nuclear fusion could someday become a safe, abundant, and clean source of energy. It involves combining atoms, and it's what powers the sun. But here on Earth, scientists have struggled to get more energy out of the reactions than goes into them. That is, until now. Last week, scientists at the Lawrence Livermore National Lab in California figured it out. For the first time, they briefly achieved a net energy gain in a fusion experiment using lasers. But the lab's director says it could take years for fusion to become a large-scale commercial energy source. Yes, there are uh, very significant hurdles, not just in the science, but in technology. This is one igniting capsule, one time. And to realize commercial fusion energy, you have to do many things. You have to be able to produce many, many fusion ignition events uh, per minute. So, you know, probably decades. Past fusion experiments, including one in the United Kingdom, have generated more energy, but have not had nearly as big of an energy gain. But for now, it looks like we'll have to keep using existing energy sources. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. And also, for the first time ever, the EU could be implementing a greenhouse gas tax in global trade. This is a tax on imports based on how much greenhouse gases foreign manufacturers emit. The EU Parliament and the 27 member states reached an agreement this morning. The EU Parliament said that only countries with the same climate ambitions as the EU will be able to export to the EU without being hit by this tax. The tax seeks to create the same level playing field for EU companies. EU companies complained that they had to pay high costs to meet climate targets, but international competitors didn't have to. And because of that, they could price local producers out of the market. And back here in the U.S., a bipartisan group of lawmakers is seeking to ban social media app TikTok from operating in the U.S. Senator Marco Rubio announced the bill today. A similar bill was also introduced in the House. The lawmakers said they're concerned about TikTok's ties to the Chinese Communist Party through its parent company, ByteDance. They also said the company was collecting Americans' data for the Chinese Communist Party. FBI Director Christopher Wray has repeatedly said TikTok is a national security threat to the U.S. and that, among other concerns, ByteDance's control of the app's algorithm make it vulnerable to CCP manipulation. TikTok has not commented on the proposed legislation. Yesterday, two more states, Utah and Alabama, banned TikTok from their government devices. They joined a growing number of Republican states in banning the app, citing concerns to the state's cybersecurity. And now moving on to Hong Kong. An official there wants Google to change a search result. Hong Kong's chief executive, John Lee, says... He is going to push Google to display China's national anthem as the top search result for the city's anthem. The city's security chief, Chris Tang, said Google had rebuffed their demands. Lee's comments followed several big sporting events where the pro-democracy protest song Glory to Hong Kong was played instead of the Chinese national anthem. Glory to Hong Kong became popular during months of anti-government protests in 2019. The song has essentially been banned as authorities crack down on political dissent. The popular protest slogan, Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times, also lyrics featured in Glory to Hong Kong. Authorities have said that the words are, quote, separatist and subversive. Going to take a short break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, 
Motor Trend names its 2023 truck of the year, picking an electric truck for the second year in a row. And while many people do their Christmas shopping online or in shopping malls, some choose to shop in an old-fashioned way that's centuries old. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. The Ford F-150 Lightning was named Motor Trend's 2023 Truck of the Year today. It's the second electric pickup in a row to win the award. The F-150 Lightning was a unanimous winner among the Motor Trend's seven judges. They say the truck is, quote, the best riding, best handling, and best driving F-150 yet. The Motor Trend Truck of the Year award is only open to models that are all new or substantially redesigned for the given model year. The Rivian R1T won the award last year. And for centuries, Christmas markets have been putting people around the world in the Christmas spirit. This year, Chicago's Chris Kindle Market has been ranked one of the best markets in the world, according to Big7Travel.com. Let's take a look. Thousands packed Chicago's Chris Kindle Market, a holiday favorite for over a quarter of a century. The market treats its visitors with a taste of German culture and holiday spirit. Suba Ganguly, a New Yorker working in India, is visiting the market for the first time. It's so amazing to be in the middle of a major city, but you feel like you're in a tiny little German Christmas market. I love it. Inspired by the oldest Christmas market in Nuremberg, Germany, from the 16th century, Christ Kindle Market transformed Chicago's daily plaza into a German market adorned with holiday joys. The market's traditional German food attracted visitors' appetites. The bratwurst, the very classic bratwurst, German bratwurst is what I'm here for. I love it. Lila Schmidt with Christ Kindle Market says many visitors come to enjoy drinks in the market's iconic mugs. People have really loved to make this the annual tradition where they come to the markets, they collect the annual mugs, and of course every year the shape and the design is different. Um, it is a 0.2 liter mug, so that's how it is in Germany. It's a uh, hot apple cider. It's delicious. Handcrafted trinkets and glittery holiday gifts from around the world dazzled visitors. I got this fairy, and it kind of looks like me with my red hair, doesn't it? It's pretty cool. For some people who have visited for years, Chris Kindle Market is more than a market. It's part of the holiday celebration. Just coming here every year is just kind of a little special thing we like to do just to get out into the city and stuff. I'm from a small town in Indiana, so when we come here, it's like a treat. Matthew Rice has come to enjoy the holiday cheer for years. Favorite thing here is the people and the music and just being out in the holiday spirit. Chris Kindle Market will stay open until December 24th. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News, Chicago. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too, if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. I'll see you tomorrow.